Welcome to The Sending Space. In this episode, we're going to talk through coaching. So um, this will pertain, maybe not necessarily to every person uh, listening to this, but uh, it probably does for most people. So we have gospel community coaches. If you're a coach, you're in the right place. Um, If you're a gospel community leader, you're going to be interacting with a coach. And um, basically, as this keeps rolling, we're going to need more and more coaches. So we want you all to understand what the role of a coach is, what it takes to be a good coach, and what we're looking for in that whole thing. So um, Ryan, why don't you start by sharing how we arrived at utilizing a coaching structure as part of our gospel communities? Yeah, so, uh, you know, one of the, I I think the most important part about gospel communities and their structure actually is the coaching system. Um, Because when we did life groups for years, and when I've talked with other of my friends at other churches, um, the more life groups or the more small groups you get when you have like a single pastor over them, um, nobody can keep track of more than... 10 groups and really yeah. 10 is too many and yeah. and it just becomes hard to know what's going on in the group it becomes hard to um, touch basis regularly and what we found is uh, what most gospel communities need is not an expert on gospel communities what they need is to regularly be re-engaging the right questions and we we easily forget like you can talk about what the responsibilities of a gospel community leader are and you can get all excited about it one week or one month, or you can have one get to sit down with all of your gospel community and brainstorm what the year is going to be. But the reality is two, three, four months from that brainstorming meeting is when everyone's life is busy, uh, kids are going through something, you know, mother-in-law's sick, uh, job just got crazy, and, and all of your dreams and passions for what the gospel community could be just fade by the wayside. And that's where coaching, monthly coaching, really comes in because what the coaches does is they just ask you a question and key questions and keep us focused in on uh, on what we already care about, what we already want. And the coaches, we're not experts when we're the coaches. We don't know. Actually, the the the, the gospel community leaders are the le- are the experts of their culture and the people they're trying yeah. to reach. The coaches are just helping to keep the main thing the main thing. And they're making sure that this stays in the front of our people's minds and that they have a resource for someone who can maybe help answer them some answer questions that they have. But more it's like somebody who's going to um, be praying with them, asking them questions to get them solving their own problems. And uh, it may feel a little bit like, um, you know, like if you were to go to a psychologist, a lot of times they just have you sit on the couch and have you talk about your own problems. And it may feel like, wait, where, where's the advice coming in here? And I think a good coach isn't really an advice-giving coach. I think a good coach looks at the condition of their gospel communities and says that, that they're responsible for and says, okay, what do I hear? You know, how are they good or strong and up and in or out? And what, what do they need to focus on? So let me ask them a, a question so they can answer and get to what the problems that they're encountering are. So uh, that's why we do coaching. That's what a coach is. It's not the expert on gospel communities. Uh, the experts of the gospel community are is the gospel community leaders themselves. Um, but they are asking the right questions and they're helping you um, or we're helping each other along the way in coaching to uh to keep these important things that we all want at the forefront. 
Yeah, it's good for it's good for all of us. So, uh, you know, when you're trying to lead your own group, you're work, focused on your own issues. You're trying to just keep things rolling, and so a good coach is just going to be a regular check-in. So it's good. It's good for all of us to kind of calibrate with each other. I find that um, when we do our coaching calls together, our coaching meetings, the other groups that are in there are doing things a little differently. They're um, they're hitting a little bit different problems than we've had. Sometimes the same ones that we had like a little while ago, um, or sometimes we'll hear about someone has a concern, then we find we're in that place not long later. And so there's like a calibrating factor in it of realizing, um, oh, okay, I can, I can, we're not that far off from where other groups are. We're struggling in this area, but it doesn't mean we're doing bad. Right. That's a common problem. Um, but it also like gives us a chance to like see other solutions, see what other groups are doing, um, kind of stretches the imagination a little bit. Um, and so I, I, I find as a leader, it's just helpful to have that regular check-in time of this is the time I sit down, talk through what's going on with my group. Um, we do talk as a leader. I talk with our, with my wife, obviously, and with, um, our co-leaders on stuff, but honestly, probably not as much as we'd like to. And so having, having this kind of opportunity, it it does bring it up to the front. Yeah. That's the same for us. So the practicality of uh, coaching. So we, we used to do uh, leaders meetings, and we'd do them at the church. Um, we'd, you know, we'd try to set it at a time that everyone could come to. And like many things, nobody would come. I mean, we'd get maybe like a third, a third to a half of the group leaders was like a decent meeting. And, um, and so we're always trying to find that way of like, how do you convey information to people the best? How do you do a thing that people can be at? We value face-to-face meetings. I think that's a great way to communicate. But what we've uh, sort of come to is realizing if you can get at best a third to a half of the leaders there, um, you're really missing something. And honestly, like part of it too is realizing that we could, if we did an early morning meeting, we could get a lot of the guys there um, before work or something, um, and we couldn't get as many of the wives there, and we could do something else that would make it, like, converse of that. And we really, for these gospel communities, we view, um, when there's a married couple, we view both of them as the leader, as much as they both want to take ownership. And, um, and so we want a culture of we're all in this thing together. And so we've arrived at this idea of, uh, of the Zoom calls, the coaching calls, and it at first feels a little impersonal as we like d- just dial in and you're all sitting there in front of your computers. But if you have kids, you can put your kids to bed and then you can jump in on the call. We don't all have to try to get to the same place at the same time. Usually a husband and wife can do a call together. And um, it just sort of multiplies like our efforts of um, we can all be there. We can talk together. It's hugely beneficial as much as we can to have um, everyone together for it. So, so that's the practical call. So if we're going to say a job description for a gospel community coach, um, the coach is someone who um, the practically the most work you're going to be doing probably is in doing a monthly coaching call with your groups. Each coach will have three to four um, groups kind of in their care. And so trying the hard part is trying to find a time that everyone can be there. But regardless of whether everyone can be there or not, you're just trying to find a regular time that meets the works for both most, most people. Um, and then setting up that that call and rolling through it um, on a regular monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just trying to be practical here. So the the um, the agenda of what the calls look like um, is uh, pretty standard typically, although there's a lot of freedom to deviate from this. But we try to do um, four things. Um, we try to celebrate the wins as we see them. That's number one. And so it's just asking, hey, what's going well? What's God doing in your group? And that's such a cool time of just being able to acknowledge. It's important that we acknowledge 
God's doing things. Um, the second thing is uh, asking, like, what's not going well? Like, what's what failures you encounter? What, what places are you stuck? And being able to share that with each other um, is huge. And so we spend some time doing that. Um, and then, um, you know, there's usually in there, there's some time to kind of share um, maybe advice. But like Ryan was saying, it's not just about, oh, here's the solution to your problem. But it's just trying to, like, bring the group to bear on, like, hey, we've tried this, maybe try that. And it just kind of gives us somewhere to move forward. Um, but then the fourth thing in each of those meetings is just saying, um, taking time to actually pray for each other. Um, and then also just praying specifically by name. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, like praying specifically for the people on the call, but also like, what are the group members that you need to be praying for? Let's just pray for them by name right now. What are the people you're trying to reach out to? Um, let's pray for them by name. And it just keeps that human element um, at the forefront. Right, totally. So that's the kind of practical structure that most of the coaching calls will have. And all so you can see by me saying that, all we're trying to do is just have this check-in and it helps uh, for the coach. What we're looking for in that whole thing is just, um, you know, is a, is a group discouraged? Are there some things we can kind of encourage them with? Like sometimes there's wins that are happening that they're not necessarily seeing. Right. Um, And then you're also trying to identify, okay, there's some places where we're maybe drifting a little bit from the vision of this. And, um, and so trying to bring that back into play too. Right. Well, I, one of my favorite coaching questions is share something you tried that failed um, this last month or so. And I, I like that question because uh, it celebrates the fact that the culture we want in these groups is, a, is trial. We want pe- we, it is a win to try something new, uh, especially when you're trying something new because of what was happening before wasn't working. So when you find out that, yeah, you had this great vision of grandeur that at your you know monthly social gatherings that there'd be all these people who didn't know Jesus there, but nobody's coming and it's just people from Creekside and you have this discouraged feeling, uh, some groups will just go, well, you know, the problem is the people I'm inviting or eh, this will never work. But the culture we want to continue to perpetuate is one where it's like, no, we may not know how to reach these people that we're trying to reach, but they, but they can, and we, we can make progress. And so what are we going to try that's a little bit different? If this isn't working, why isn't it working? Is it because no one actually asked anybody? Well, that's one problem to fix. Is it because the group was too large or it was meeting too far away from the people you're inviting? Or what you were inviting them to was lame. No one <laughs> wanted to do it, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, there's all these things, but... It's great to try something and fail at it and then try something new. And, and then you get to celebrate some wins and some successes. So I think that's a really important part of the coaching culture is that it feels like people aren't just reporting everything that's great. Uh, and they're not as- afraid to try things that are new. In fact, they feel like that's like, like they're actually actively responding to the things that God has called them to do when they're trying things that scare them a little bit and end up failing. Um, And then also, I think the last part is just that praying for people by name is so critical because uh, we can make mission some big philosophical thing um, when it's really about individual people. And not all my neighbors are the same and not all their friends, my kids' friends are the same. And 
they all are in different situations. And so praying specifically for families or my kids' friends or my kids' friends' parents and like that changes what your what your environments end up looking like because because it takes the uniformity out of it. And so just even modeling, hey, who are we praying for? Who are we praying for? Praying by name for people continues to get people to have a vision for, oh no, this is mm-hmm. about this is about Dan and Sarah. This mm-hmm. isn't about reaching my neighbors. It's about what would Dan and Sarah come to? What would, yeah. you know, those are the only names I can think of right now. So Dan and Sarah number two come to. <laughs> so many Dan's, so yeah, many so Sarah's. Yeah, so many Dan's, so many Sarah's. <laughs> well, that, I think that helps because I think sometimes uh, one of the pitfalls that I see with this is a coach feels like they need to be the teacher in it. And so it's like, what content am I going to come up with? What yep. am I going to share with somebody? Um, and I do think there's a place for that at times. But the primary thing you can see from the kind of structure of the meetings that we're talking about, the primary function is you're just listening to people. And, um, and so you're trying to find out just what's going on. And so what, one of the things that um, that is useful for me is thinking through, it's not about teaching content. It's about using diagnostics to explore yeah, what's working. And so, um, so I think probably the key diagnostic tool for a gospel community leader is... Um, our our triangle. So we use that for our gospel community leaders. Job description is the triangle, the up, the in, and the out. And um, that's such a great diagnostic tool because it doesn't give all the specifics. It doesn't say um, how much of each or what each one should look like. And so you, if you're if you're coaching a group of like three to five different groups, they're all going to look different, and um, and they're they're probably going to be at different stages of feeling really excited about what they're specifically doing or feeling kind of insecure about like, well, we're not doing great in this or that area or something. And so your job as the coach is just to, to listen, to hear, and then to set the culture on that coaching meeting of just saying like, wow, that's really cool. I can see the, you know, the up and out here or like, hey, how are you guys? Like, where's the out in your groups? You know, just kind of letting them mm-hmm. share on that. And that, that might help stretch kind of their imagination for it. Yeah, But it's very much good. a diagnostic thing and less of a, uh, let me instruct you with these principles I've been learning. Exactly. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so, okay, so along with that, so trying to help think through what coaching looks like. Um, this is what your coaching meetings with your group will look like as you try to do those monthly. Um, we also are doing a monthly coaching call with me as the associate pastor. And so this is uh, me just meeting with the other coaches, and we do the exact same thing. Zoom call, um, try to get everybody there. And what we're trying to do, just just the coaches with me, and what we're trying to do there is is pretty much the exact same thing. It's just asking what's going well with the groups um, that, that are under your care, what's uh, what issues are people having. Um, and then that gives us a chance to kind of like run the diagnostics and the um, suggestions and things like that by each other. Um, and then... Um, and then we just spend time praying together too. And so it's still very simple, but again, that sort of calibrates us as coaches. So we know, okay, yeah, my, my individual groups are super weird, but also so is everybody else's. Yeah. And, um, and then trying to, you know, gain ideas from each other, encouraging each other. And so um, on the time commitment side, these are like the two big things is a once a month, a one hour meeting with your people over a Zoom call. And then once a month, another one-hour meeting with me. Um, and and between those two hours, you're covering most of what we're asking you to do as a coach. Yeah, that's good. Um, but the, the one other element of that is just um, 
just check-ins with your group. So mm-hmm. you'll you'll schedule a meeting, you'll have a monthly meeting with your people, and you'll find that maybe, you know, maybe one of your groups can't make it to the meeting, um, maybe half of them don't make it or whatever. And so it's just that extra little bit of a follow-up, whether it's an email like, hey, missed you on the call, can you give me an update on these few things? Um, maybe it's a phone call that you make to that group in particular or a text message or something. But what, I, what I'm looking for as the associate pastor is for all the coaches just to be able to just offhand be able to give me like a quick rundown on like how's each of your groups doing, which ones are in trouble, which ones are too full and needing to multiply, um, whatever, just so that we kind of have a sense. Like I want to be able to know that every, how every group in the church is doing, but that doesn't mean that I want to know that because I'm myself doing it. It's impossible. Yep. Totally. So it's just relying on our coaches to make sure that there's some check-in and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And then I think also, in like an ideal world, the coaches would also be able to, um, you know, if Mark was to ask or if we at the church were like, hey, you know, we'd love some great stories about what's happening in the gospel communities, that a coach would know some of the really cool stories because the people have been sharing um, and would know and have things to celebrate with us so that you could help us to spur on and get the message out there about, I don't know, things that are encouraging the cultures of other groups too. Absolutely. Yeah, there's just like a a level of like teamwork and what we're trying to do in the overall culture of Creekside that a coach should be able to play a little more significant role in just because they're connected to real people. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, and so the last thing I want to say with all this is just pointing you to some resources on it. So um, we um, we have a gospel community toolbox on the website. And um, this is more or less just like a list of helpful tools that we've used at different times. And so I'm not saying this is what a coach needs to work through, but I'm saying as a coach, helpful to know so that as you encounter different groups that are, you know, hitting snags or finding opportunities, you can be a little more familiar with that. So some of of the resources obviously are come talk to Ryan and I. Um, We're happy to talk to any group or to you guys in particular about anything that's, that's going on so that we can help get things unstuck, get a moving, and uh, help process a problem. Um, but there's also things like there's the Story of God curriculum we have just mm-hmm. linked online. And that that's like a great way to like bring new Christians or someone totally outside of the church in the loop on what the storyline of the Bible is. Yeah. And um, a great tool. There's things like follow on there um, that are just the basics of what it means to follow Jesus. Um, things like 12, where it's like a year-long journey with Jesus. Um, and so there's just a bunch of things like that. And then also just as as groups encounter crises, like people are going to need counseling and we yeah. can help you get connected to good godly counselors that can help them. Um, people might need financial resources and we hope yeah. that like groups will be able to come alongside and help people meet those needs. But um, there's also some avenues within the church where we can help meet some financial needs and things like that. So as a coach, you're not trying to solve everything, but you're the one that's just sort of the advocate for those groups and, um, and trying to help them process it all. Yep. So thank you guys for uh, what you're doing as coaches. And um, we just, again, feel like this is a vital aspect of us being able to do these groups well, especially as we value multiplication of groups. Um, we're, we're on a really cool trajectory as a church. We've had 250 people in the church involved in small groups when they were traditional 
up to 350 people involved in gospel communities, um, up beyond like 400 now. And as we just keep growing and adding more groups, more people, it's just harder and harder to keep um, cohesion with the groups and keep the vision at the front of it all. And so coaching is just like a vital part for us to keep um, bringing growth, but also like health and maturity to the groups. Yeah. Boom. Boom.